Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on the new Off the Floor. We have figured out some of the issues that we were having. This is the perfect time to sign up. Check out the link. It's right here in the YouTube channel description. Also, on the podcast episode description and at the very top pinned on the five reasons sports twitter page this is where you can communicate with fans all day long and we all pop in there from time to time with updates and just to converse with you so check it out you've also got a podcast discussion feed on there a playback discussion feed on there so plenty of stuff that you can do on the heat all day long two dollars and 99 cents per month also check out a great new sponsor of the five reasons sports network we talk about Heat fans and great local businesses. Well, this one is called Tub Culture. They're based right here in South Florida. They make bath and body products that are all handmade using gentle natural ingredients with no animal testing. And they have something for everyone from soaps that gently clean to bath bombs that smell amazing and add fun colors to the bath, plus shower steamers for a spa-like aromatherapy experience at home, handcrafted lotions because no one likes dry skin, and scrubs that clean and moisturize in one step. So check them out. It's at tubculture.com, and if you use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, you get 10% off your order of 20 bucks or more. So check them out. You can actually find them more directly at shoptubculture.com. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Make sure to check out the other episode that we did over the weekend. Greg and myself went through the Eastern Conference to take a look at the tiers of teams. We separated them into four teams. Which teams might make moves? Which teams might be making moves to go backwards? And should there be a concern of the Miami Heat getting passed by some of these teams that are making moves? The New York Knicks are already 4-0 with OG Ananobi. So we'll see if the Heat can ever get healthy. But whether they do or they don't, do they need a move? We covered it in that episode. Today we're going to talk about one person in particular, and I feel like we've neglected him this year, honestly. Uh, We've not done an episode on just this player since they acquired him off a buyout last year. Now, we did episodes, you know, we, we talked about him, his contribution, etc., what he's meant to the locker room. But I want to say one thing from the very start as we talk about Kevin Love. I was wrong about him. Like, not that I didn't think he could help this team, but I didn't think he'd help this team this much. And I will say that I think my judgment was colored a little bit by the fact that I covered him in Cleveland. For a year, when I was with Bleacher Report, and I was sent uh, to the tundra uh, because LeBron decided to leave Miami, which is something he never should have done because he'd had more than just two titles since (laughs) if he had stayed with the Heat. But I got sent up to Cleveland. I had something in my contract which said that I would be Miami-based, but that did not preclude them from putting me up in a hotel. And I happened to stay actually in a hotel that had condos at the top. 
And among those who had condos in that building at the time were Johnny Manziel, Kevin Love, Kobe Altman, uh, and Larry Drew, and several others, either associated in some way with Cleveland sports. And Sounds so, like a party. It, well, there was. There was one. It's Cleveland, right? So there ain't too many places to go. They had this one club in the middle of this hotel condo area. I can't remember the name of it, but everybody ended up there uh, one way or the other. And if you went to the gym, you would pretty, you would run into Brendan Haywood in the gym. Like that's kind of where this was because, again, there aren't that many places to go in Cleveland. But when I covered Kevin in Cleveland, I will say I didn't really get to talk to him much, to be honest. Um, I wasn't used to the Cleveland PR staff, and they were not – they didn't sort of facilitate things quite the way that they do in Miami, or at least make the players talk on a regular basis. And so like LeBron, I would go up there. LeBron would talk once a week. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if, if you didn't have games, I'm talking about off of practices, whereas in Miami, he talked twice a day, sometimes to the media and Kevin and Kyrie, I, I think were sort of skeptical of anybody who was outside of that, uh, particularly Kyrie, but uh, outside of that circle at the time, particularly someone who was coming from Miami. So I didn't really get a lot of interaction uh, with Kevin, and I didn't see him as the person that I think we've seen here. He was not nearly as jovial. Um, he seemed kind of a little bit sullen, distant, uh, under a lot of pressure, and I talked to him about that uh, for the podcast we did with him at FAU at training camp this year, where he talked about the differences between here and there and the different stages of his career. But that was the whole fit in, fit out stuff with LeBron, the passive aggressive thing. Could, could Kevin Love be Chris Bosch? I contributed to some of that with a piece that I wrote uh, after I spoke to Bosch. So I didn't expect this Kevin Love, right? Yeah, I didn't expect this Kevin Love. I, I really didn't. Um, but he's been tremendous in the locker room. And, you know, I'm working on a piece about Duncan Robinson and Duncan talking about how much Kevin has meant to him. But it's also the on-court stuff because it's one thing to be really good in the locker room if you're Udonis Haslam and all of that stuff is established, right? Like you're an icon on the team, in the city, in the community, with the organization. So if you don't contribute very much on the court anymore, except for some silly Heat fans who are upset about a roster spot, nobody cares. You're, you're providing your role to the team in other ways, right? But if you're coming from somewhere else, from Minnesota, Cleveland, etc., you have to do something on the court to show that you can still play if you're going to ha- carry that kind of sway with other players. Yeah. And here's the thing, Brady. He has. I mean, I- I'm looking at his numbers for this year. Okay, this is a player that most thought was washed. Okay, like Cleveland cut him loose. Like he wanted to be cut loose, but they decided they just didn't want anything to do with him anymore. They could use him right now. Okay. His per 36 numbers this season, per 36 minutes, 19 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists. His numbers in Cleveland were 19.7 points, a little under 12 rebounds, and under three assists. He's actually producing at a higher level per minute here than he did over his time in Cleveland during which he was still a star. I mean, he played in Cleveland for nine seasons. So, yes, there were a couple of tail-off seasons. But at the beginning of that, he was their Chris Bosh. <laughs> and, 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 and yet, his numbers this year per minute are even or better with what he produced over the course of a nine-season uh, stretch in Cleveland. Why? What's working, Brady? 
Well, I'd say number one, it's funny because the initial thing you thought he was going to provide was shooting. And and he's done a good bit bit of that on this, this recent stretch. Uh, And I was talking about uh, kind of before we started this, that his Bears shooting numbers have not been as good as you may think they've been. Like, I think he's catching shoot numbers at 33%. uh, But it's more about his impact. But to your your point, it's more about the other stuff that he's doing, where last year he came out and pretty much said, I'm going to be – or he used them as a pick-and-pop guy. They're like, okay, we can open up Jimmy Butler's lanes. We can use them in these lineups. They can just pop out to the three in in a rotation that did not have any guys that were popping out to the three as bigs. This year they basically said, okay – he has a, kind of a good couple months under his belt. He has a big playoff run under his belt. Let's you start using him in these different ways. And now, like, he's getting so many open looks from three because he's doing all this other stuff. And the other stuff includes he's, he's uh, getting guys flying out of him and he's driving to the basket. He's doubled his free throw attempts. Uh, I was looking at his stuff, you know, inside the paint, less than 10 feet from the basket. He's shooting 74% less than 10 feet from the basket. Like that is just <laughs> the same number. It's not that it's high, super high volume. He's not taking a ton of super tough shots, but it doesn't matter. 74% is 74% down there. Uh, and then obviously the collapsing that he's doing, you know, when he's getting, putting his head down at times uh, they were doing, you know, when he got in a flow the other night, they were running stuff for him in the mid post. And he had a really big basket where he, he like turned and like shot over the top of somebody and banked it in. It's like, they just start putting him in these new spots where it's like, okay, they can move him around and they can be versatile with it. So it's it's just been huge. Then you go to the defensive side of things, which I think is probably the biggest jump of why it's possible to do what he's doing this year, where last year it was blitz, blitz, blitz. It was every time he came up the screen, he was just – it was so much recovering. It was so, so hard for the seat defense to keep running around, trying to make up for, this, for the fact that he's trying to recover. Now they're pretty much he, – he's been playing at a lot of drop, and he's done a pretty good job at it. Number two, he's played in a whole lot of zone, which I don't think we, we were surprised about. But the thing that I keep talking about is one of the hardest things to do is rebound in a zone. And he has had zero problems with that. And I, I, that shouldn't be a surprising factor because he is such a good rebounder. But it doesn't matter because the whole goal is to try to find you know find a body and, and go up and get a rebound. And he just can been cleaning the boards. To your point about, what was it, 13 <laughs> rebounds or something per 36? Like, it's incredible. So you add all that in together with the fact that you look at some of the on-off numbers, and this is the last thing I wanted to mention before before I go back to you got you guys to kind of talk about the other parts of this. We constantly used to talk about the guy behind Bam and the in the on-off numbers being so horrible. And then you look at it this year, where the offensive rating with him on the court is 119, which is a team best. Then you say to yourselves, okay, what about the defense? A team best 109 defensive rating. So like he is leading <laughs> the analytics and advanced analytics and on the court stuff on the offensive and defensive end. That's how good the lineups have been around him. And it's funny because you look at the the love-bam combo, I think it was like 109 offensive rating and 106 defensive rating with Bam. His real damage has been as the back of five. His real damage has been in these other lineups where it's just a spread offense and he's kind of just playing the role of letting everybody else go. So that has been huge for this team. It's the, the thing I keep talking about is, now that you know that he can do it, you have to try to find time to rest this guy. You have to try to not burn this guy out by March because they're going to need him come playoff time. And the crazy thing about these numbers is the guy that he plays the best with on this team is Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy hasn't been out there for a lot of that, especially recently. I mean, Jimmy's going to miss the next game uh, as well. And, and Greg, I think when we look at this as buyout additions go, Chris Anderson was not a buyout addition, by the way. I know people are saying that's the best buyout addition. He he wasn't really bought out. He was just a free agent at that point. He was there were some some personal things yeah. uh, that that the Heat had to look into, and they so they took some time uh, before they brought him in. I think 
you can argue that Chris Anderson over the past 15 years has been the best midseason non-trade addition. I think that's a fair way to put this. But as far as buyouts go, like you don't get a guy like this. Like I, I mean, you're you're hoping Joe to Johnson. really get like that's as good as it's been. Right, and that that flamed out in the playoffs. Like he was good for a little bit, and he was awful in the playoffs. He couldn't shoot, and they didn't bring him back. Right, so like this guy, they wanted to bring back, and as a player and option. And at the end of this episode, we'll get into how they should do that, right? Because I, I, I think that that's something that should be done. But we've talked so much about the backup big situation, right? Like, you know, that they got to get somebody behind Bam. And this is kind of what Brady's getting into here, which is, all right, so, you know, last year, you know, it's been Zeller. It's been Deadman, It's been all these guys that you know, you're hoping to squeeze a few months out of them. And then it's like declining benefits as you go forward. You know, this year, Thomas Bryant looks like the same thing, to be honest. And Orlando Robinson, you know, is putting up 43 and 10 in, in G League, but they don't seem to trust him for extended minutes at this level. He's kind of caught in between. He's too good for G League at this point, but he's I, – I, I don't feel like they want to give him the usual – just say here's your 10 to 15 minutes. They would be kind of screwed without Kevin Love right now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, uh, Orlando Robinson, just so that everyone remembers, the 10th is his guarantee date. As we're recording this, it's the 7th. So that's something to watch. A um, couple of things just jumped out at me about Kevin Love before we pivot to the back half of the episode and what they can do to keep a guy like this around and maybe bring a couple more that can help um, in the similar ways because you're right, he has outperformed what we thought he could be. It's crazy to look. 80% of his shots – are um coming off of assisted basket so like he's getting everything off of passes it's his second highest true shooting percentage of his career this year and to me like to have those two things happening at the same time as me means that you are capitalizing and making everyone better by being as efficient as possible when they are using you as a release valve and so for him to do that combined with the stuff that none of us can quantify on any damn stat sheet, the stuff he brought to the locker room when this team was in a weird place, that stuff should not be discounted. And so the fact that they got him also the fact that they gave him a player option, we'll talk about that going forward and what it means to the team. This is a guy that it's a home run acquisition and i want to say i was wrong too i think a lot of it was that he was compared to chris bosh and i was being defensive but in retrospect it was petty and honestly kevin love has just as much heat culture as any dude has that's came through this organization and i just didn't think that that was the the case honestly so to own up to that i shall right now <laughs> no i should also i mean honestly i was i was coming at a different place not as a fan but as a journalist and i always felt that chris was disrespected in his role in miami and so when everybody said well kevin will do what chris did you know once he's the third guy with lebron and Kyrie, i was like well, wait that's not so easy and so i think i took more of that posture on it and kevin struggled with it more than chris did to be fair i mean chris had his moments where it took him a little bit of time to assimilate. But then once he did and understood what his role was and when he should take over and when he shouldn't, whereas with Kevin, it always seemed more awkward, I think, with LeBron 
um, you know, during that period of time. But they did win a title together. He contributed to that title. Everybody remembers him chasing Steph Curry out by the three-point line. And, you know, that's probably the one defensive moment of Kevin's career that they remember. Uh, but before we get to going forward here, Brady, would you say that this is fair? He's a role guy, right? I mean, we agree. On this team, he's a role guy. He's not a superstar anymore. He's, he's a likely Hall of Famer. He believes he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he will be. Um, so if we're to put all the role guys in a basket right now, okay? So take Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler out because they're not supposed to be role guys. Where would Kevin rank as far as contributions of role guys this year? Because to me, he's third. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's got to be Duncan and Jaime. The, the, that has to be one and two. But it's not a large gap in terms of impact. I mean, the stuff that Jaime and Duncan have done have literally led to them winning games and have done stuff in the offensive end that feel more loud. But 100%, it's like he's in those lineups, though, that are causing that. <laughs> like He's the one that has been forcing that type of stuff. And a lot of the issues that we've talked about in the past have, like, done a full, total flip like when we were talking about them not having a backup big that can def- like not that this guy is an elite defender but that that's like a legitimate issue on this team is the the defense behind bam where now it's the point of attack stuff like they're not having the issue with love on the back side then you have the stuff where on the offensive side you know that either the rebounding or the offensive stuff with the shooting in terms of a big like all of this stuff has been resolved so 100 percent like that look at here's another stat talking about because it's funny you mentioned this because lumping the big guy uh, or the role players together I mentioned the free throw thing before, but I just can't get over this because the, the age that this guy's at and the play style that he plays with, the fact that the top free throw attempts on the team for the Heat per game, Jimmy Butler, number one, Bam, number two, Tyler Hero, number three, Kevin Love, number four. The fact that he is fourth in free throw attempts on this team is incredible. Like That's unbelievable. The, it, it's literally it, just it, off it's of the stuff. It's problematic, though. It, 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 no, it, it's yeah, incredible. Right. I think a lot of what we're talking about here is it's incredible, but it's problematic because – I mean, let's be honest. When we're putting him third among the role guys, okay, it's because we can't put $28 million Kyle Lowry above him, right? We can't put near Eastern Conference Finals MVP Caleb Martin above him because he hasn't been healthy enough. We can't put Josh Richardson above him because he's been in and out of the lineup and inconsistent when he's played. So some of this is by default and some of these numbers that are pop. And we also – and again – He's the backup five in part because it's not like Thomas Bryant or Orlando Robinson, particularly Bryant, grabbed the job early in the year. So this is why I'm saying, like, this is ridiculous that he's doing all this. And I give him tremendous credit for getting in shape. And when I asked him in, in training camp, you know, what weight are you at? He just looked at me before he got on the scale and he goes, I'm light. OK, like almost too light. Like he felt like. But I mean, you talk about guys who've had trouble getting into the right condition late in their careers. It's almost like Caleb has followed the Udonis path in that way too. Like, because Udonis got lighter every year. If it was only just to be able to compete with these young guys in practice, right? Yeah. He's become their Udonis essentially. And, and I also think that's one of the reasons they didn't necessarily. I know we all wanted them to get Dragic, and I, 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 I encourage everybody to listen to that episode that Greg and I did. But I think it's another reason they felt they didn't need to. Um, right. 
because right. they right because they did have Kevin Love to kind of replace the UD thing, so you didn't need Goran uh, necessarily to do that. All right, we're going to go to the other side of this and see where this goes. Before we do, want to mention a great sponsor, Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friends over at Better Edge use the code Five RSN or Five Reasons. I found that out this week, so that that makes it easier for you to do that. Number Five Reasons at BetterEdge.com. This is a stock exchange for sports betting. You can bet against others who use it. And here's the thing: even if you got legal sports betting in South Florida now on a certain app that you've heard about you can't find the line that you want there you get the line that they give you better edge you can shop for the line that you want that makes it different also we give you twenty dollars to play if you use our codes again it's five rsn or five reasons and our tournaments are much less than that so check it out betteredge.com use the codes five rsn or five reasons this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest miami heat game I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so let's get to it. Um, I'll go to Greg and then we'll close with this uh, with Brady on this. Let, let's, let's look ahead here. Uh, he's got a player option, right? I think the Heat are fine if he opts into that. Yeah, so his contract's at $3.8 million. And he's at a player option for four million. Uh, all these guys have player options, by the way. If we if we're looking at it, Caleb Martin, who won't opt in, Kevin Love, player option, Josh Richardson, player option. Um, so I think that that that's interesting that you'll see all those guys with decisions to make. Um, Thomas Bryant even has a player option. I, I know everyone's not going to love that. That's why I think the Orlando Robinson guarantee date is so interesting right now. And I'm just, I'm plugging that here as we go along. Kevin Love will be back next year. I think he will probably end his career in Miami. I think this will be the final years of him kind of leading the locker room. So that that's kind of how I see that going. And I think it'll be welcome. I wouldn't expect the same level of production maybe next year, but I don't think that that would be fair to, um, and, and it's not that he will be a worse player. It's that I would imagine that they're not going to necessarily need him to play like this, but maybe that's an assumption I shouldn't make. And when I say play like this, I mean, take on such a prominent role in the rotation. The one concern I would have if you want the Heat to keep him uh, is I would continue to watch Phoenix. 
he did uh, he did kind of explore that this offseason, and I didn't realize how close he and James Jones are. Uh, general manager, of course, with Phoenix, who was with the Heat for a while, and we all know him from growing up here in South Florida and also University of Miami. Uh, JJ spoke at his wedding, and uh, and actually Kevin uh, named his daughter uh, after James Jones. That's how close they are. They became close in Cleveland uh, during that period of time that I'm talking about when LeBron brought JJ and Mike Miller up there. So I would watch. I would watch Phoenix. Uh, for him next year. I don't think he'll go to a cold weather place. I know the one thing about this. He's not going to go to a place where he's not comfortable with management. He and I have had some off the record conversations about the NBA. This is why I like having veterans in the locker room because they've been through some things and they'll honestly talk about some things. And I can tell you, he's not going to want to go to a bleep show. Like that's the heat. It'll, it'll be the heat. Or somebody like JJ, who we trust, or another organization like a San Antonio, if they were further along, something like that, that's a respected organization. He's not going to some of these other places. But Brady, I want to get to this here before we close and we thank our sponsors, tubculture.com. Make sure you check that out. And also Better Edge, use the code 5RSN or 5 Reasons. Um, what can be expected for him in the playoffs? Because I know you've talked about this, which is preserving him for that, right? Okay, so you're preserving him potentially for matchups with Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia. If he's going to be your backup five uh, and, you know, giving you the minutes when Bam's not in there primarily, so you're talking a 12 to 15-minute run maybe at the most in the playoffs because Bam's minutes typically go up to 35 to 37, although it's actually Spo hasn't raised him that much in the playoffs the past couple of years. We've actually, we've actually uh, you know, critiqued Spo on that a little bit for not giving Bam 40 minutes. But how would you uh, – how would you kind of split up those minutes and, and what would be the expectation level for Kevin against those teams? So there's definitely the possibility of him matching up, like adding Porzingis in Boston. I mean, it, it makes things easier to kind of have that extra guy that can uh, number one, guard those guys, but number two, like be able to pull some of these guys away from the basket. <laughs> like we've talked about that in the past and that's how it, Miami always ends up coming back to that in the playoffs. We saw it last year in Milwaukee. This wasn't including Kevin Love in this part, but when they basically won the series off playmaking with Bam and pulling their Milwaukee's big men away from the rim and kind of winning the game uh, in game five, that's what they're always going to do. So Kevin Love could end up being a pretty big part of that. Uh, and both of those teams are, are, are kind of ways that they could do that. The issue is I just don't see a lot of Love-Bam like being possible in the playoffs because of what you mentioned, because of the fact that if you're trying to eat up a large amount of minutes that is probably going to be around what you said around 12 to 15, you're going to need that to be love. Like you're going to need, there, there's no other option. So you can't really put those guys together. Now, do they have to play together? Not really. I'm not even that much in love with the fact that, that you have to do that because I actually am a much bigger fan of the love Jimmy stuff. We literally did a whole segment in the last pod, podcast trying to solve the heat's transition stuff. It literally just means love to Jimmy. Like, that's solving it. That's literally their entire transition game. That in playoff games, it's like, just put those guys together and try to get out on the break and try to do certain stuff. Like, think about the game last year in New York where I think it was game one where they literally just won the game off them, him turning the tides with the outlet passes. Like, that's the stuff that you need for him. You, you need him as much as people may not think he's a five. He is a five at this stage. He's definitely a five Hell in Miami. Yeah. Definitely a five in Miami because we Haywood Highsmith's a five in Miami. So... There's going to be different things they can go to now. Are they going to be able to stay in zone as long in a playoff series with the constant adjustments? Probably not. There, he's probably going to have to play in a little bit more drop. But as I said earlier, I haven't been had a much of a problem with him in drop. Like I had a problem last year when he was blitzing a ton because I felt like teams were figuring it out. Now, 
if you're going to play more drop in the playoffs, your point of attack defenders have to be a lot better. Ideally, they're healthier, but they also have to be a lot better because even when they've been healthy, it hasn't been great. So they're going to have to figure that stuff. That's minor things you're going to have to figure out when you get there. But the big thing for me, and you mentioned it before, is literally just making sure this guy has his fresh legs because we've seen this before every single time with their backup bigs. I don't care if it's Kevin Love or not. The, the first year with Deadman, he looked, he, I say it all the time, then that 2021 year where he got swept, he was their best player in the playoff series. He literally was because he was the freshest. He literally had fresh legs and looked looked great. They brought him back and then kind of everything went downhill. Uh, Cody Zeller comes in. He looked really good early on. Everybody was literally saying to tie this back into this podcast that he was the better acquisition than Kevin Love. Like that was what everybody was talking about at the time. And now you come back to this and now you have the same thing with Kevin Love where he looks great. But you need him to look fresh in the playoffs. You do not need him dragging. You do not need him. Because uh, we've seen at times even with his shooting that sometimes he's short on his shots because he doesn't have his legs. You need him to have his legs. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they do it because they have too many injuries to just le- take the guy out if he's healthy. But if it, it feels like they're going to get to a point around all-star break when Jimmy starts to come back that th- they're going to have to start giving this time this guy some time off. And I'll say this too. For those who critique the the organization, and we do it at times as well, you go back to last trade deadline where teams gave up five second round picks for players like Jay Crowder, right? Kevin Love has produced more for Miami than Jay Crowder has produced for Milwaukee. Kevin Love to the Heat was worth two or three second round picks in terms of the production that you've gotten from him. They Great. gave up nothing. Sure. They gave up they right? They they gave they gave up nothing for That's such for a, a great point. Right, I, who in per thirty six minutes is giving them nineteen and thirteen? Like it's, uh, it's you know again we, I understand frustrations about certain things, but then some decisions get forgotten, and I, this one worked out I think better than any of us anticipated because you're right. We did a podcast, I believe we did a podcast that Zeller has contributed more than Love, and uh, I, I would, I would, I would be willing to bet that most of the guys that all those second round picks were traded for last year, with the exception of Crowder, who's hardly played and now he's getting back in, are not with their same teams anymore. And I could guarantee you that the majority of buyout guys from last year are not with their same teams anymore. And we're we're talking about Kevin Love and wanting him to come back another year for basically two and a half seasons. With the Miami Heat. So it's a pretty good acquisition, and we felt it deserved an episode. All right, check us out from the arena. No Jimmy Butler again against Houston on Monday night, but we'll have full coverage, Brady, myself, and Alex from the arena. And Greg will be on the podcast overnight. Uh, Make sure, of course, that you sign up to Off the Floor. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reason Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.